0: So you want to know what autism means, right? In this video, I'm going to be breaking that down and explaining to you exactly what autism is, and what autism means all that coming up. Hey guys, welcome back to the Aspie world. My name is Dan. I have autism, ADHD, OCD, and dyslexia, and I make weekly videos on this and other types of content. So if you are new around here and you'd like to learn more and see more videos from me, hit that subscribe button by clicking the notification bell. And if you're watching over on Facebook, be sure to give this page a like and a follow to see more videos just like this one. Okay, guys. So I uh, wanted to uh, have this video, this chance to just talk about autism and what, what it means, because a lot of people hear the term autism and they don't know what it means. And if you're new to me and you've never seen anything before, Please head over to Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and give me a follow on all those platforms. I put content and information and blogs, all of those platforms. So please check that out if you want to learn more about all this stuff. And Hey, you can always hit me up in a DM if you have any questions. So autism, what does it mean? I'm going to break down the, the more terminology and the origins of it here. Uh, because I wanted to, um. I want to just go over it because I, th- I feel like it's, it's a, it's an interesting concept to hear the word, but then not know really what it's about. So autism, like the word, if you look at the word autism, right? The word autism comes from a Greek word autos, meaning the self. So autism basically means alone, right? Because autism is almost seen upon as being like alone in your own head. Like your, your, the way you see the world is, is independent to how everybody else sees the world. I know typically everybody sees the world differently, but in terms of someone who is on the autism spectrum, they interact interact with the world differently to how a neurotypical person would. So there's two types of brains that we can currently conjure up. There's a neurotypical brain, which is the average everyday Joe um who just goes around and does life as life, and then there's people who are neurodiverse who are people on the autism spectrum with ADHD and their neurological path uh, mended it a bit differently on, on creation than everybody else's. Now that causes the autism in the brain, because it's kind of like a neurodevelopmental um, condition that actually happens. And that's kind of what autism is now. It's really interesting. Um, Autism actually, uh, started, uh, the studies of autism have been conducted since the 1940s. Now back then there was two blokes who did it. One was called Hans Asperger and the other guy was called Leo Cannon. And they both simultaneously at the exact same time started studying the exact same thing, which was basically what we now know as autism. Initially it was called Hans Asperger's Asperger's syndrome, which is what I actually had a diagnosis of when it was the terminology was Asperger's syndrome. Now up to date, the DSM, which is like the American um, psychological kind of of, uh, way of criteria for diagnosing people with mental health conditions and neurological conditions called the DSM in 2013 t- took the term Asperger's away and replaced it with just ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder. Cause it covers like a more big umbrella. And I'll explain a little bit about that in a minute, why they did that. up until it was, you know, Hans Asperger had Asperger's syndrome and then Leo Kanner had Kenner's, um a Kenneth syndrome, and then he changed it from kind syndrome to early infantile autism. And then they dropped the early infantile because it was obviously not just in infants, it was in grown adults. Um, they just call it autism and then Hans Asperger's, uh, you know, the, they, they fused them together to make the autism spectrum disorder. Now, the reason they did this is because when they were looking at the types of people they were studying at the time, you had people who had really low support needs where they were able to function. Typically had a really good vocabulary. They were quite intellectually capable to go out and do, um, very interesting, complex, um, skills, but then they lacked social skills. They lacked, uh, emotional skills. And then that's what they were labeled as having Asperger's syndrome. But the people that Leo Kanner was looking at for early infantile autism or just autism were people who had really high support needs. They were not, um, able to talk. They had no, they were completely nonverbal. They had no, um, functions of, uh, certain motor skills. They were unable to communicate on an intellectual level. And there was no, um, there was no way of communicating appropriately with these people at that time because they didn't understand how this all worked or where you know where it was going to come in where they would be able to say, oh, okay. I can use like an app now to talk to this person, because you've got to think it was back in the 1940s. They didn't have iPhones, didn't have iPads. How on earth are you supposed to connect with somebody who couldn't talk back then? And that's basically how it stood up until from the 1940s, right up until the eighties and the nineties, Hans Asperger's Asperger's syndrome was a way of diagnosing people with a high functioning autism, which again, is a term we don't really use anymore. And then you have a low functioning autism, which is the people who had higher support needs. So the interesting thing was then is that when the DSM, the, uh, the fifth edition of that came out. 2013, they looked at the whole thing and they said, Well, we can't have function labels like high and low function because what this implies is that this person needs more support than this person. But then, if you say that, then is it that the people who need support where they have considerably low function should have all the support, and the people who have high function should have no support? But that wasn't really fair because the people who had high functioning Asperger's syndrome diagnosis still needed support. So, this whole like area was a bit gray and they said, well, how do we do this? So they said, well, if you fuse them together and just call it the autism spectrum disorder for a diagnosis, then it becomes very simple. You have people who uh, have Asperger's syndrome, but then they'll just call it autism spectrum disorder and people who have, you know, classic autism, but then they just have autism spectrum disorder. So you're able to offer them help and support. Uh, equally, but then they can take and use what they need fairly, which I feel is a really good idea when the DSM changed it, which is interesting, but I still feel like the term Asperger's syndrome is used and it is still diagnosed as Asperger's syndrome in certain places in the world. It's not completely taken away. And, uh, I'm going to do a video all about that as well, because I feel like people think that autism, um, uh, the Asperger syndrome in autism diagnosis doesn't exist anymore, but I think that's really, really interesting. Now the, the term autism is still used. It's still the strongest term used. There is some speculation over using autism spectrum disorder or autism spectrum condition, because a lot of people see that disorder is a difficult thing to kind of put on somebody's a label when it could be classed as a condition. Now, like I said, it's a neurodevelopmental condition. You don't, uh, you don't grow into it and you don't grow out of it. If you have it as a child. You'll have it as an adult. It's, it's something that is the way your brain has been set, which is really interesting. Cause a lot of people think that people can grow out of autism. Autism is definitely not curable and it's not a disease. So you can't catch it from somebody and it's definitely not curable because a lot of people say that, you know, you can cure it with like bleaching and horrible things like that, which is just no, no, you should never ingest bleach. And so there are some really barbaric things that are said about autism. And especially a lot of people think that it's like made up and it doesn't exist, which is completely irrelevant. Of course it exists, you know, and we saw it played out in one of the uh, most famous films called rain man and rain man, uh, played by, uh, Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise was his brother in that and Dustin plays a, an artistic savant who actually has savant syndrome, which is more of a, um, a Different kind of like intellectual disability than autism, but it runs alongside. And it's kind of still on the spectrum, just about kind of like how a- uh, ADD and a- ADHD are kind of on the low end of the spectrum. And then Savant would be right at the high end of the spectrum, kind of like just before dropping off uh, and out of that spectrum. Uh, and Savant was very interesting, but it also is uh, it's a world away from what you class as Asperger syndrome. Now. They portrayed that very well. And it was really good. It was the first time people kind of got to grips with the, the term autism because they, they mention it within the film. But one thing that the film fails to represent is a fair view of autism. But since then, Hollywood have had a good chance at making things better. And they've had shows like Atypical and like the Power Rangers, when there was a guy on the spectrum, the Blue Ranger in the new who was on the spectrum. And it's nice to see more and more shows coming out and having more relatable autism characters, because people then have a lovely way of relating to those and understanding those characters. So that being said, I hope that this understood to you what autism means and how autism came about and all the kind of background and bit of history on autism as well. And if you think this video is helpful or interesting, please share it on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to tag a friend in the comment section, please do so. That'd be super awesome. If you enjoyed the video, give it a thumbs up. I'll see you next time guys. Peace.